I got a question to ask you. What is masculinity? And more important, who defines it? This is a really interesting question that I couldn't answer alone. So I brought with me Sean Heshmapur, and he is a confidence coach, but more importantly, just someone who is dedicated to helping men find themselves, find their sense of normal in this crazy informational age. And we had a really fun conversation about what it looks like to be masculine, what it looks like to relate to other people as human beings, because Lord knows with everything that's going on, we just need some level of direction and focus. And I'm really excited for you to listen to our conversation because this is definitely an important issue, especially now where there are so many men who are just struggling with their emotions and their identity and what they want to be. So regardless if you're a man or not, this is a really good conversation that I know is going to help you. And we're going to get to so much good stuff coming to you after this short break. Hey, Sean, how's it going? I'm good, Denise. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, if y'all don't know Sean, you're going to be getting to know him on an intimate and personal level after this conversation. I myself have was blown away on our interactions on X, Twitter, whatever they want to call themselves this week. But we're, we were kind of bonding on this idea of not feeling fueled by hate and anger and connecting with people as human beings, not as objects to be scorned or objects to be conquered. And Sean, I know that you are, you're leading a really dynamic movement, the Academy of Divine Men, but more importantly, that I think you're leading the a movement to helping men wake up from who, from what society said they are to who they really are. And, I just wanted just to say, like, I'm really amazed about your work. But for those of you who don't know who you are, would you kindly introduce yourself? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on here, Denise, for real. So for those of you listening, my name is Sean Heshmapur. I also go by Sheshin on uh, the Internet, on social media, you know, uh, on X, on Instagram, YouTube. Um, I had that brand name for quite a while back during my Twitch streaming days. So it's been a name that I've been holding online for quite a while now. A little bit about what I do is, is that I coach and guide men pretty much being able to bridge the gaps between the psychology and the spirituality behind really finding who they really are. The methodology I use is called cognitive mastery, emotional ownership. Again, it's like a psychology and spiritual science that we use for these men, for them to really be able to really wake up into who they are, which is really who they've always been, which is pure love, confidence, you know, good vibes, good energy, and to be able to really let go from these stories that strip them away from that confidence and create more fear and anxiety. It was really interesting, Sean, like before we actually schedule this time to talk we were kind of just bouncing ideas back and forth about what we talked about and I just saw this article from the Wall Street Journal it was dated September 23rd 2023 and the title was rescuing men from rage rabbit holes and for the benefit of those who don't have the Wall Street Journal access I just want to just set a little blip and then just dive more into it if that's okay with you absolutely 
So in the, the beginning of the article says, why are so many young men angry online? Men are trailing women in college and in the workplace. Few of their relationships are leading to marriage. And many men feel masculinity is under attack. When young men turn to places like YouTube and X, formerly Twitter, seeking male solidarity, they often find more rage. And that really struck me weird because in the interactions that I've seen from you, I never, I don't see this hail of, of of anger and vitriol, but I know that that's not common. Right. Yeah. So it really comes down to like what we're going through with men right now in the 2020s is really similar to what we're experiencing in the 2010s with the feminist movement. I mean, these are social issues that are going on between men and women that are very valid, very, um, very, um, very good that we're paying attention to the suffering of these specific genders and their dynamics with one another and the problems that they're having with each other. Um, but unfortunately, what happens is when there is anger or loneliness or betrayal or some uncomfortable feeling of not meeting up to society's standards of what it means to be a man or a woman, what ends up happening is they seek out other groups that are not as mainstream. And that's where social media comes into play, like Twitter, you know, Twitter now called X, uh, YouTube, Instagram. And what a lot of these creators can do at times is they either can help them, these men, and in this case, like with women as well, people in general, either guide them more towards themselves or exploit the rage and anger and resentment and insecurities that they're feeling about themselves to fuel their movements based off of um, hate, anger, rage, trying to prove themselves, exploiting the weaknesses and the insecurities, essentially just for for money, sort of just like the news, for example, in general, you know, like Fox, CNN, both sides of the political spectrum are doing the same thing. So, yeah, it really just comes down to that. And I, I know that for a lot of people that they come seek you, they, they're coming to a point where, like, I know there's got to be a better way of doing things, mm -hmm. but we've I've seen you post on on X about like even when you're being honest and clear you literally get vitriol from other men go get a job was one post I was like what it, it feels like I don't know maybe I'm just I don't want to label things that you may not feel but it feels like an uphill battle no I feel that I feel that and I, it, it, it really is, you know, it really is because there is like this inner masculinity that's within us, this idea to be able to use the material world as men for us to uh, step into ourselves. But it starts with, with within first before we can really create the things in the material world that we want to create for ourselves. And maybe that viewpoint might even change. I mean, I know that the, those who are listening, ironically, even though I'm a woman, most men listen to my podcast. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's a different subject. But I know there's some men who are listening. They're like, I've been hurt. I've been abused. I haven't felt safe being a man. I'm, I'm in a society that tells me that men being man is toxic. So I don't have anything to lose. Let me just, just dive in deeper into what you think is a stereotype of what a man is what that toxic masculinity is. Yeah. 
Well, before we even get into like what like the healthy man is, let's get into this part because I really love this right here because it really hits home for me. And in fact, I'm going to answer that question first with a personal story, just for um, you know your your audience and for you to get to know more about me as well. So at college, age 20, I was falsely accused of rape and spent a night in jail um, because of that incident. And what ended up happening was the charges got dropped pretty quickly, but that didn't really matter at that point because my name was all over these communities on the news. Like local news stations had, had me out there. They were demonizing me on these platforms. And I was receiving a lot of hate on Facebook and on my phone and getting death threats. And because of that, I really closed up and had a lot of shame and guilt for all of these stories about me that weren't even me. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit, a little bit later, I ended up diving into the Twitch streaming world. And although I'm very grateful for that period of my life as well, it helped me rebuild a lot of my social skills after that incident to start off my 20s. <laughs> um, you know, that platform and God, I hate to get political with this because then they were all human. I don't like putting these political labels on it, but just to simplify it for your audience so they can get a better understanding. It was more of a um, very liberal, modern day liberal community in general, the, the Twitch streaming community. So when I say that, I don't mean just as far as policies and democratic policies. I mean, actually, like just the culture of what it, that side has turned into, which has been a lot of men, men shaming, men hating, um, a lot of um, men are out to get me, right? And Again, like, and we'll talk more about this as well. Like, there's nothing wrong with these observations as well of these um, gender dynamics that aren't working right now. But again, when everything gets to an extreme, we get hate and we get a lot of war that, that happens. So as a, as a man who was observing a lot of these posts from these Twitch streamers who are mostly, um, you know, like OnlyFans models and girls on there that you know, who had very valid, unfortunate experiences with men in their past. Uh, um, the emotional awareness isn't there, obviously, at that time, you know, or in just in those spaces that they're not educated on it. So they post online on spaces like, yeah, at the time it was called Twitter, now called X, you know, like, oh, why, why do men always got to rape? Or, you know, or just like, why are men so toxic? Or they're posting the DMs of creepy men, um, hitting them up, which I'm sure is very annoying and, you know, very um, immature and inappropriate, of course. But at the same time, it's when we start, when it becomes a cultural norm to start labeling and generalizing all men as these things. I mean, now what we're doing is men who actually have now gone through some stuff in their past, they're viewing these posts. And if they're not being educated and they don't have healthy guides around them to be able to help them, step into the, into their true masculinity. Now they're associating masculinity as shameful. And what happens is that weakens the, the wall or the frame of the, of the masculine, essentially. You know, like the frame is, the way I describe the masculine frame is almost like think of a square that just holds the love. That's how I could, like, well, that's what I would describe a masculine frame. A square that holds the love that a man has to offer, offer to the world. But what ends up happening is, is when this wall, this square gets chipped at by society, 
it becomes weaker, right? Like just like any other wall, right? It's like any other foundation. On a weak foundation, you can't hold what it is you want to share. You know, a, a bridge with a with a weak foundation can't hold all the cars that are going back and forth on it. It's the same thing with men as well. Like if our foundation is is weakened by our own minds based on what we're consuming online on social media in our, our um, society if we're not able to really hold that up with love and strength and that's gonna really weaken ourselves which then weakens those around us and you know and I say amen but it's 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 the same with women too like they have their own forms of foundations as well that's very important for them that have also been weakened by society so it really comes down to a social issue at the end of the day versus just a gender issue. And I even tell that to the guys who come in as well when we talk about these things because it's so important to, to really see that we're all one. As someone who also used to work with both men and women, I mean, there's not much of a difference when I really get down to the core of their, of their insecurities at the end of the day. Researcher and um, notable psychologist Christina Hoff Summers wrote a book many years ago, it was called The War Against Boys. And she even wrote in a, The Atlantic, for those of you guys who don't know The Atlantic, it's a more left-leaning public publication. And we're, again, I know Sean's talking about liberal and not from the standpoint of like, it's right or wrong. We're just talking about this political ideologies and nothing more. Right. Anyway, during that, in her book, I it mentions clearly that men are facing high suicide rates Men are feeling disconnected from the emotions. Men are feeling a sense of inner shame for their natural desire to give, protect, provide, be leaders. They're not feeling safety. And then to add, to make it worse, women who are feeling broken from their own uh, issues are going on social media and they're listening to other broken women and then having a distorted idea of what men is. And yeah, Sean, to, to your point, like it's not fun to get a, a dick pic that's sent to you by random and, and a DM. I imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of things going on right now. And I love how you say like the masculinity is kind of like a container. And I feel like what's going on is, is being pricked with the, profit-driven uh, clickbait and, you know, people trying to get insta-fame and, and all this stuff. And there's men are, are wondering, like, where do I go? Who am I? Am, am I supposed to be more feminine? We're reading articles over and over and that manhood is, um, should be, is, is irrelevant. We should be embracing more femininity. Right. And I, it's so interesting because it's like there is no right or wrong. Like they're just they're just energies. They're just polarities. It's like criticizing the sun versus the moon. We should be having more moon in our in our sky. We should be having more sun. No, it just is. And whatever balance of feminine masculine energy that man is at in his stage of life just is. We can embrace what just is in that moment. 
Carl, Carl Jung, uh, he wrote within the collective archetypes, uh, if you're familiar with it, this, the, the anima, the animas, the, within the soul of every man is a very gentle woman and with, within the soul of a, a woman is a strong masculine man. And there's not, like to your point, this, this is not about it's too much sun or it's too much moon. Like we, the, that yin, that yang energy go, comes and flows depending on or seasons of life, where we're going. I mean, I know that when I was in the early uh, years of, of raising my son, like I was very masculine. And of course, I'm trying to protect the baby. Yeah. So you have to be on guard, you know, and maybe, I, and I know that as men, for example, when they hit andropause, which is everyone talks about menopause, no one talks about andropause, when they have a sharp decline in their testosterone, they might feel a little more sensitive. Yeah. And that's okay too. Exactly. Like we, we need to embrace both. We need to understand both. There's nothing wrong with that. Even the idea of just like these labels that we put on what's associated with feminine energy and masculine energy. It's so like intellectualized to a certain point where you can't over, you can't intellectualize an individual too much because it's about what's felt in here at the end of the day within that individual and where they're at. You know, as you're saying this, Shauna, I, <laughs> we are, we're human beings, right? We're social animals. We feel lost. We feel a sense of desertion if we don't have people that won't nod our head to our feelings and our concerns. And so, so many people are conforming to what is new, hip and popular, and they're feeling lost and confused because the lost... The, the people who think that they're leaders are just as lost, if not more confused than the people that are underneath them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're all just, uh, to put it like in a really, not even in a negative way, but like in a really eye-opening way, it's like we all just live in this insane asylum together and we're all just doing our best in this asylum. Um yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother theory on its own. Like, if we're discussing the matrix and just, like, the ones in charge and ones in power and all of that. But it's just, like, everyone really is. Like, I'm, I really don't believe that every single one of these male and female um, content creators out there who do exploit the uh, insecurities of these um, individuals, I'm not going to say genders, these individuals, I don't think all of them are purposefully, intentionally out to do it. Maybe some of them are, but I don't think all of them really are. Like, I just think they are just, just as lost and hurt in the process as well. So what does that look like? Because I know you talk a lot about leading from your heart as a man, but what, how do you lead from that heart when it's broken? Yeah, I really love that. So it's about understanding that a, the idea of a broken heart is a societal illusion, essentially. It's just from the way that we're raised. We're raised that in a way that's still very much driven by the ego. This idea of the need from validation of others is not a soul desire, it's an egoic desire. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing bad with observing it for what it is. Just like eating food is not your soul's desire, it's just your body's desire in that moment because it's hungry. 
It's the same exact thing with the brain as well as trying to survive, right? It just it wants that validation outside of it. So it can feel something. And that doesn't mean it's wrong or right, but it's an observation of that. You know, just like we progress far enough in humanity where we don't have to eat every single time we're hungry, right? Like we very well know that we could even fast for 14 days straight and be completely fine. We'd be alive at the end of the day knowing that. It's about having that level of awareness now with the, the needs of the mind, which is really the needs of the ego. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the needs of the mind versus the needs of the ego. This is, I'm, now I'm getting a little personal and, I'm, yeah. and, and, and sharing a little bit about you know, my own past. You know, I, my father, he was the, the classic rolling stone. You know, wherever he let led his hat was his home, meaning that, you know, whoever gave him a nice warm bed, despite being married, he was there. He would even brag about it to me as a teenager that, you know, your, your dad's just a popular person. The ladies really just love him. But then when I looked around the ladies that were around him, they were all anxious, lonely, insecure, jealous. So what real power is it to have this harem of women that are (laughs) feeling fearful and afraid? Yeah. And I know that harks back to what his society, his culture thought was normalized, but everywhere around him was destruction and despair. Yeah. And that's really where leading with the heart comes in. And thank you for sharing that, by the way, Denise. I mean... Leading with the heart really comes from stepping out of, I hate to call it the selfishness, because even selfish and selfless are like two polarities of their own that are intertwined. But like, it's really about detaching essentially from the story that the mind is telling you about you and about the world and using that mind as a bridge to your heart using that intellectualization of society as a bridge to empathy, love, compassion, togetherness, selflessness, working together, meeting people with where you're at, meeting yourself with where you're at. And I think that in itself answers the main question, you know, being able to lead with the heart is being able to use the mind as a bridge and as a tool intentionally to connect to your heart space and to your soul. Mm. And I, I think part of it too, if I if I may add, you know, is this idea of like reconciling what your mom, your dad, your demonstrators culture, whoever is trending yeah. on like social media says, and just because it's popular doesn't mean that it's good for you, right? Yeah, it, it's come to my attention that as we're kind of talking about leading with the heart and repairing. Is, is it really more of a restoration and not necessarily a prayer? Because for some of us, we all we knew was feeling afraid and alone and dis, dis, yeah. a sense of despondency. Maybe it was normal. Maybe they enjoyed the pain of not being able to connect. Yeah, the familiarity behind it. I think that's a really well, well-worded way of, at, of describing that because it's not really a repair when nothing is broken. It's just, we think it's broken. We think we're broken because we're comfortable in that story, like you were saying. 
Yeah. I've, I, you know, and speaking earlier to the conversation, you said like there are, you can get lost down the rabbit hole of people just because as we, as we as, let me just say another way, we as humans, it's so much easier to get attached and angry to a person rather than an idea because the idea challenges government beliefs. The ideas make you force you to be introspective, but the person that's easy. That's easy because they're broken. They've got their own yeah. issues. Let's just latch on to that. And I see this all the time. And I know you've probably seen this too, where there is like the 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 public enemy number one. <laughs> yeah. And I know you've experienced it personally. It wasn't even about you, like with the the rape, your experience, horrific experience with the rape accusation. It wasn't even you. It was like you were just a convenient scapegoat to unleash all the angry and furry, fury that they were feeling themselves. Exactly, exactly. And these algorithms on social media and even like traditional media outlets, they exploit that, you know, they exploit that, whether it's unintentionally or intentionally. At this point, I would say probably intentionally. And, you know, everyone knows fear gets clicks, fear makes money. That's why the news posts so much fear. But I, I, but I, I do want to kind of pivot and talk positive because I don't I don't want people to just be like oh my goodness just get off social media get <laughs> that like we don't need that BS but uh, I mean so let, let's walk like I know that people obviously need to learn more about you but if you were just kind of giving like a bird's eye view about like your practice and your work like I know you're specifically working with men but at this point, but like, if people are like getting a taste of like, okay, what's Sean about? Like, what are we, what do you, what do you really talk about? What do you focus on? We really focus on helping these, these guys that I work with remember who they've always been to be able to reform into the confident man that's always existed within them. Being able to detach from the stories that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not sure if she'll like me. I'm not sure if I should go after that job or that business idea or that creation or that social media um, influence I want to create for myself. You know, the, the lack of believing I am not worthy is stripping away that story that strips away men from being who they really are. You know, that's really what this academy is all about. Showing men that they can remember who they've always been to be in that childlike state, but reborn, something greater than that. And I love the fact that you're, you're vulnerable about yourself. At one point, you're like, who, who hasn't farted during sex? It's true. Who hasn't farted during sex? I mean, come on, you know? And like, we should, <laughs> I think that was a, more of my, one of my sillier examples, but more serious examples. Who hasn't sworn at their wife before? Who hasn't raised their voice at their best friend? Who hasn't cried in front of someone else that they, that they love? You know, who hasn't had weak moments around others? Who hasn't been enraged? Who hasn't gone too drunk or too f***ed up off drugs one night? Like, it's just, it's okay. It's all good. It's just about having that awareness and being able to work through it now instead of shaming and guilting ourselves and putting ourselves deeper into our own insecurities. And we need that more now more than ever. We need it now more than ever because, I mean, the studies have proven that 
our attention spans are getting like they were already short to begin with <laughs> and yeah. just like hidden like atom level now and when you're seeing this plethora of rage it, it it's kind of hard to figure out what's really going on who am i with why am i not finding the love that i need why am i not getting the career that i have and it i think it's so hard because the the we always focus on the negative as human beings for survival purposes that's why we do it but we're, we're missing out so much on we don't have to be in survival mode 24 7 exactly in fact like you know if if you're living out here in the West, it's like America, Canada, Europe, there's very like, you know, there's that survival mode should be like actually used in an emergency. That's what it's there for. But we use it to rush through our day. We use it to rush through relationships. We use it to defend ourselves when no one's really even attacking us. And that right there is... The issue it's that we're we're taught to use fear as our fuel for every single day of living every moment i mean i you know I've been, i'm very frank about my own personal life and you know for many years i was extremely emotionally stunted not even gonna sit yeah. there and you know the only three things i was comfortable with was hubris false sense of pride anger and fear like that those yeah. like that was my triple threat of emotions that I knew how to navigate through the day. And then I was always wondering why everything was imploding around me. Yeah. And so I know your work is helping people understanding like, hey, there's more options than fear and sadness and loneliness and anger. Like you, you've got more options than this. And yet to your point, like we, if we are here or in Western society, you know, why are we melting down if our iPhone drops into the toilet? There's something terribly, terribly wrong or Android, whatever you got. I'm just giving an example. Why are we melting down on things that could be easily repaired, replaced, or refurbished? Yeah. It's that attachment. Yeah. It's that attachment, it's that sense of predictability is that sense of being aligned with what we think is in and popular. And, and I'm hoping that as people are listening to this conversation, they're really understanding for themselves that, you know, if they have bigger dreams, if they have purpose that doesn't just evolve around feeling angry and insecure, that you're a resource. And I know that we should be like talking for like two hours and like replicating some Joe Rogan-ish type podcast, but in the interest of time, we, we already kind of talked before and then we, we can't talk too long, but I do want to make sure that people know where you are, how to find you, and more importantly, like signs that, hey, you might need the Divine Academy. Yeah. For yeah. Thank you so much for that, Denise. Yeah, like so... For those of you listening, my um, handle is at Sheshen94 on both X, formerly known as Twitter, or Twitter, and Instagram as well. So I have content on there, and there's some more links there with some uh, freebies and journaling methods that you can also try out to be able to start raising more deeper awareness to the limiting beliefs that may be uh, driving your daily life. And if you feel called to, to join us at the Academy of Divine Men, there's also an option for you to schedule a free consult 
consultation call, excuse me. Yeah, I, you know, you know me, I'm like, I don't care how you get help. I don't care how you get healing. I don't care if you go to Sean. I don't, I don't care what you do, but as long as you follow your heart and not yes. just be like, this was awesome, Denise and Sean, but I'm about to go somewhere else and read a book. I'm like, are you doing it because that's what your heart is telling you or what your fear is telling you? Yes. Which one, which one is it really? Let's be clear. So I'm hoping that those of you guys who are listening and you're a man, you're like, oh man, maybe Sean's onto something. Hit him up. That's, that's what I have to say. But Sean, is there's like any like main ideas and main points, like from our talk, I know we talked about social media and, you know, limiting emotions and like the, the this, this BS about what is feminine and masculine, like what, what, it, what really you want people who are listening to like, just take home from our time with one another talking? Uh, that's a beautiful question. I love that. So the main point, if you're, you know, for those of you who have been listening, you're like, well, what is the main point of this? What is the purpose of this? It's really that you are limitless. There is no limits to your life. Your mind is what's creating the limits. And what limits us? Fear. What is limitless, though, is love and your ability to give and to serve and provide and create in the way you want to create. I love that, that it, love is limitless because for a lot of us, the, the key to unlock our own inner fulfillment, our yeah. own sense of worth and purpose comes from a place of love, not from anxiety or fear or depression or any of that stuff. So I'm hoping that you guys just really take notes, reflect about what we talked about and take action. But Sean, thank you so much. As always, I, we're going to talk again. I was like, that's like a no brainer, but <laughs> uh, until then guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it far and wide. We need to make sure that everyone hears this message. And for those of you who feel motivated, take action, whatever that is. Well, thank you again. Take care and be awesome. Thank you so much, Denise. Likewise.